0: Going Linux, Episode 415, Linux Distro Key Differences. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy.
1: And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux.
0: We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
1: If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889.
0: In today's episode, we answer the question, what are some of the key differences between Linux distributions? Hello, Bill.
1: Hey, Larry. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. Welcome back
1: thank you. uh I'm on the mend, <laughs>
0: uh, and that's the good news. That's great. Good to hear yeah. it.
1: and uh since I'm getting old, I'm going to say it's cold. It's seventeen at my house this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, seventeen Fahrenheit for our international listeners and uh yeah, that's cold,
1: yeah. But, uh, the good news is I finally felt well enough to start playing with, uh, elementary OS and I had it installed and I hadn't looked at it, so I fi- finally started playing with it. I like it. It's, uh, the interface, um, is, is as, as always beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. but the, um, it's really smooth. It runs really well. Uh, I, uh, I'm, Gonna write something up about it, uh, but uh, right now I, uh, to be honest, I hadn't had enough time to really play uh, play with it uh, a whole lot because of work and other jazz in real life, of course. But uh, I do like the. Um, I didn't think I was gonna like it because I've always been a kind of a mouse person. Mhm. Um, but. I really like those uh, the keyboard shortcuts. I didn't realize how fast you can really get with those things. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I started using more at work, too. So I'm like, you know what? They, they These guys are on something. You can still use the mouse, of course.
0: Yes. But
1: uh, once you uh, get uh, those keyboard shortcuts learned, sometimes just you never have to really take your hands off the keyboard. And when you're uh, working on something or it, it really does speed things a Long, um, they added uh, one thing. I'm glad to see they've added a a, uh, a dark feature to it that you don't hmm. you don't now have to try to uh, do it yourself. There was a package I can't remember what it was called that enabled you to do that. So a lot of the a lot of the things that were annoying me from, from at the very beginning when it with uh, I think it was Hera, um, they weren't game changes or anything but i say i wish i didn't have to do this to have these features now the features are just baked in and they yeah. and, and they're done so much better than what i was being than what was being done before so i kind i kind of like it even even a little bit more than uh, <laughs> um, manjaro right now so
0: all oh, right. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't <laughs> tell your other machine that has Manjaro running on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't have Manjaro that this oh, is actually you- running on the Manjaro um, machine. So now I call it my Odin machine. Okay. Um, yeah. But it, it's, uh, it works well. Uh, there's some unique features and I'll go over those when I, when I do a full review of it because they've uh, they've made some design choices and uh, I think uh, I like it. Uh, it could, the interface, uh, and then I'll just. Well, we, we can move on. Is the interface reminds me of a of a very Apple, of course, but also with the redesign of Windows uh, 11 interface. Right. Uh, the def- you know what the default is. It, it kind of has some of those elements too. Uh, I really like that interface. I th- I like it more than Cinnamon, and Cinnamon's usually been my go-to for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been playing around with uh, some virtual machines, and I have uh, my finger po- poised above uh, an install of Windows 11 just to give it a try. And I too have taken a look at the interface. You know, walk into a big box store, take a look at a new computer that has Windows 11 running on it. I don't see a lot of changes from Windows 10 other than the visual impact. Uh, What I have been reading, though, is that unlike Windows 10, which, uh, you know, if you didn't upgrade to it, uh, it was trying to force you to uh, upgrade whether your hardware was capable of handling it or not. Windows 11 has the same sort of attitude, if you will, except that, um, it won't let you upgrade if your hardware is incompatible, uh, and you can force it to upgrade. And from what I've been reading once, you know, it's fully released and everything else, um, If your hardware is incompatible, it'll either stop working or you'll have some trouble or you won't get updates or something that would kind of force you to uninstall it. And they give you the ability to uninstall or go back to Windows 10, but only for something like four days after you install it, and then it's permanently installed and you have to nuke and pave to reinstall Windows 10. Yeah, so I don't know whether they'll change that once it's actually you know, uh, fully released and everything, all that bugs are ironed out, but, uh, that's a bit of a problem right now. So be careful if you're upgrading to windows 11.
1: Yeah. My, uh, windows machine, um, that I play my, uh, games on sometimes is, um, got that little icon that said your machine meets all the requirements and I'm like yeah and upgrade now and I'm like uh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything's thanks. working let's just uh let's not do it uh right now but it's sit there and bugs me every once in a while you, we got an upgrade for you and I was like I don't want to just let me just leave it on windows 10. I got what I need on it. I don't need to learn a whole new system again. Or yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a little, um, little crazy. The, um, uh, the, the one thing that, uh, of course, uh, irritates me more than most people. And I think it, it's actually, uh, uh, a, a problem with you too is, uh, when I use my Linux machine, I if I see updates, I can look at the updates and say, ah, I don't want those updates or or you know, I always apply the security updates, but the optional updates, you know, for changes I always get. Right. Uh you only can pause a couple times, I think I feel like a total of fourteen or thirty days, and then it's going to in Windows ten, it's going to apply those updates. Right. And and it just they tell you what it's gonna do, but they don't uh but it says, Oh uh, improve security features well, uh on Linux it tells me if you dig in which it, it security says features what yeah. security features this one just says security features now, most people don't care, you know they just say you know let it run, and you know as a general rule i I like to make keep my machine up to date, but sometimes you're in the middle of something and you just don't want to take the chance that something might break yeah. at the time you're using it, um, and you just say, "I know, I'll install these when I'm done," type of deal. Uh, that always irritated me, and it seems uh, they're they're getting more and more um, aggressive with that, especially with their browser. I mean, you know, there's a big thing with on eleven that I've read that they um, they're really making it. Uh, you have to jump through some hoops just to change your browser and mm-hmm. <laughs> as people yeah. like we change our browsers quite a bit and <laughs> you know yeah uh
0: we I, had like three or four of them and installed at the same
1: time <laughs> yeah you know i don't uh i don't want it to have to jump through hoops to say look i don't yeah. want in your browser i want firefox i want chrome or whatever but anyway I digress. <laughs> don't make me start. Yeah, well, oh, yeah,
0: it. we kind of got went down this rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, Windows. It, bottom line of everything that we're saying is Windows is just as annoying as it's been in the past.
1: Yeah, it's just sometimes it's nicer, sometimes it's just it uh, just does it <laughs> uh, behind the scenes, yeah. and you just don't know. And that's one of the things of being a closed source operating system. You really don't know what's going on. You know, I've mm-hmm. we've had yeah uh, options changed uh turned on that we had turned off so and it's like anyway well, this is not bash windows this we're talking about differences in linux but now you understand why we like linux
0: <laughs> right and so now that we've talked about the the differences between windows and linux or at least highlighted some of them uh let's get into the differences between the linux distributions um, So here at the Going Linux podcast, many of our topics have been of interest to Linux users of any skill level. Even so, we tend to lean towards the fundamentals of desktop applications and recommendations for switchers from other operating systems like Windows or Mac or Chrome OS. And we found that when you are considering a switch to Linux, it's easy to become confused by the choice of so many different versions or distributions.
1: When using Windows, Mac OS, or Chrome OS, the choice is limited. It seems like there is only one current version of each. In reality, there are different versions for different situations like desktop, tablet, phone, home business, and server versions of these operating systems. But they are all marketed as Windows or as Mac OS.
0: Right. And a quick look at distrowatch.com can give you an idea of just how many current versions of Linux there are. Hundreds. And a look at the evolution of Linux distributions over time. We'll have a link to that diagram in the show notes. You can see that there have been many, many more over the years, and there are more in development right now.
1: So if they are all Linux... Why are there so many, and what are the real differences between them? That's the question we try to answer today. At least we'll cover the key differences.
0: Yes. And at first blush, most obvious differences between Ubuntu, Fedora, Linux Mint, Debian, OpenSUSE, and many other variants of Linux are cosmetic. The theme, style, and the behavior of the Windows applications are different from one another. Why so many versions of Linux exist is deeper. The why is rooted in the open source philosophy behind Linux. That philosophy is based on freedom. The freedom to choose the software for any purpose you choose, to change it to suit your needs, and to provide your changes to others. In other words, the freedom of choice. Along with choice come all of the Linux distribution options you can choose from.
1: Each Linux distribution is a project unto itself, with a project leader who sets the project's aims and goals and helps determine what kind of computer user it is meant for, what software will be pre-installed, which desktop environment or environments the distribution will use, What package format and package managers will be used and what display server will be provided?
0: Linux distributions can exist to serve the needs of different kinds of computer users. For example, Linux Mint is based on Ubuntu, but contains different system tools, desktop environment, and a minty green theme. Its primary focus is on Windows and Mac OS users just starting to use Linux. Debian, on the other hand, aims to provide an extremely stable distribution and therefore contains older, more stable versions of software. And those are just two examples. Another way of looking at this is to ask, what is the user trying to do with Linux? For example, there are gaming distros like SteamOS or multimedia distros like Fedora Design Suite and Ubuntu Studio.
1: Then we come to what software is pre-installed. Some distributions exist because they, they like some aspects of an existing distro but wish to replace some of the software packages. The people behind each distribution choose what software they include. They include the software they think will best fit the purpose of the distribution audio and video production software for entertainment studio distributions, a selection of easy-to-use software for new users. Another example, several file managers are available for Linux, such as Kaja, Nautilus, and Conqueror, each offering a different way to browse the files of your system. The project leaders determine which one they will offer.
0: And now, which desktop environment is right for you. A desktop environment is the bundle of software programs that you use to interact with the operating system and the software applications. The most visible place that distributions differ is in which desktop environment they use. And which one is right for you is really a personal choice. Let me give you some examples. Ubuntu's official flavors offer several desktop environments depending on which flavor you choose ubuntu the main version includes the gnome desktop kubuntu includes kde lubuntu uses lxqt ubuntu budgie uses the budgie desktop ubuntu mate is the classic ubuntu desktop the desktop it uses is mate and zubuntu uses xfce other distros have a more modest selection of desktops available, often referred to as spins that contain different desktop environments. An example of a distribution that does this is Fedora. Meanwhile, you'll find the macOS-inspired Pantheon desktop on elementary OS.
1: What package format and package manager? The people behind the distribution Also choose the package format and package managers for installing the software packages. On Debian-based distros such as Ubuntu and Linux Mint, the package format is DEB and DPKG is the package installer. Access via the apt dependency resolver. For CentOS, RPM is the package format and The package manager responds to commands using YUM. In addition to standard formats, there are several universal packages types like Snap, Flatpak, and AppImage. These can be installed on almost any Linux distribution.
0: And now let's talk a little bit about display servers. A display server is a selection of tools, applications, processes, and servers that determine how Linux runs. This software coordinates between the computer hardware and the display, letting you interact with the graphical user interface. This is something you typically don't change during your normal use of the Linux computer. Historically, the XORG server has been most commonly used. Various alternatives are available, however, such as Mirror and Surface Flinger, which is used on Android, which uses the Linux kernel, the Wayland display server is seen as the future on Linux with many popular distributions adopting it now.
1: Although the desktop environment is the most visible difference between the distributions, the Linux kernel is the software that runs under the hood that makes Linux Linux. Even so, Though the different distributions of Linux may look and behave differently and have different applications installed by default. They all have the benefits that Linux gives you. Desktop distributions of Linux are designed with security built in and with protection from viruses and spyware included. It is upgradable for life at no additional charge. Linux is secure requiring minimal or no maintenance. Most desktop distributions provide automatic security updates and, and software upgrades for both the operating system and all of your installed applications. The try-before-you-buy philosophy of open source combined with the idea that most software is free to use. Even if you choose a distribution that's designed for beginners, it is capable enough for even the most experienced computer user because, well, it's Linux. It has the power of every other Linux built-in. Simply put, it provides a powerful and practical alternative to other operating systems.
0: And that's the basic message, is that although there are a lot of distributions to choose from, the choice is yours. You can choose whatever works for you. But regardless of your choice, you still have Linux and everything else that goes along with it. All those things that you just said, Bill.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it. what's really great about Linux is if uh, you need something specific or you just like a different software uh, s- uh, suite or you just you, you want to tinker with it or you just want it to run, there's a Linux for you. Exactly.
0: And that doesn't mean to say that you can't change, uh, let's say, Ubuntu Mate to add the Cinnamon desktop and make changes to the applications you run so that it looks and feels like Linux Mint, for example, because you can do that. But for the average computer user who's just switching from Mac OS or Chrome or Windows that's a lot of work and that's a lot of learning as to how to do that and if that's what you want to do you can do that and that's that's a great thing to do but the different distributions are designed for you to use right out of the box with safe and sane uh defaults in most cases and in some cases they give you every possible <laughs> application that you could use for what you want to do but that's your choice. And simply switching between them is very easy because it costs you nothing but your time and some disk space.
1: (laughs) I do want to give uh, Ubuntu Mate uh, an honorable mention here. Um, Even though uh, I don't use it as my daily driver, you do. But what's nice about that is that if you want to try different desktops without having to try to figure out how um, to, you know, install them, whatever, um, Ubuntu Mate has where you can actually change the interface with from within the system so it's it's if you don't like its current its current uh setup you can try the others that are already built into ubuntu mate that's a great feature to find out what you like and what you don't
0: right yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i always recommend Ubuntu Mate first is because there are so many options to try different things built in so that it's just a button click or a drop down menu or some simple switch away to make that change and to try it out. And you can always switch it back without any harm. And if you, for example, try out the Pantheon desktop on Ubuntu Mate and decide, wow, I really like this, you can move to elementary o s and feel right at home,
1: or you can just continue using uh, mate whatever <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: exactly right
1: well what what uh, but uh that was that's one of the few uh linuxes that has i think it's like five or six built in they got some one that's supposed to be close to a mac o s they got one that for its uh i think they call it redmond that it's supposed to mm-hmm. give you a windows feel they have uh uh, the, even the basic, I, I think it's the GNOME, uh, I, I don't know them all, but they do have, uh, quite a few built in, and, uh, I would have to say that's a great feature of that distribution. The only one that they don't have built in, correct me if I'm wrong, is the KDE because it's just so, uh, so large, and, uh, and, um, I think it would be a, be problematic, but uh, what if someone is interested in uh, they see KDE? What would you recommend for that one?
0: Yeah, I think um, the one that you've been using, Manjaro. Manjaro. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I don't think uh, I would. Uh, I would suggest uh, you know Manjaro is great for uh, um, intermediate users, maybe even beginners okay. if you're tech savvy. Um, I thought um, that um, probably Kubuntu would be a, a a good one to start if you want to stay on the Ubuntu base. Which there's a lot of software uh, packages that use the uh, Deb, and that's uh, Debian. What's that stand for? Debian?
0: Well, it just stands for Debian, yeah. as far as I know. Uh,
1: there, it, it's. It's a Debian package and that's what Ubuntu uses also so there's uh, Ubuntu and Debian are two of the biggest so I would say Ubuntu uh, but if you weren't and uh, you know if you're interested in that desktop so I think what I would recommend right now if you're absolutely new to Linux I would say start with Ubuntu mate Uh, if you, uh, find that you like, uh, you're more of a Mac OS, try Ubuntu Mate with the Pantheon desktop. And if, then if you want, you can look at elementary OS. It's very new user-friendly. If you want KDE, I would say, uh, go ahead and just use Kubuntu. Is that kind of what you would recommend?
0: Yeah. Um, I, it's been a long time since I used KDE. In fact, last time I used KDE, I think was on Kubuntu and I liked it, but that was a long time ago. So I haven't seen what it's capable of for quite a while. So I'll go with your recommendations. Okay. Well, Bill, I think we've done some justice to why there are so many Linux distributions and an idea of, if not which one is right for you, at least how to go about selecting one that's right for you.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for a Hannah Montana uh, distribution, there is one.
0: (laughs) There is. I'm not sure it's (laughs) still updated, but hey, you can find it. Uh, There you go. Well, I think that's it for our episode for today. And our next episode is listener feedback.
1: Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe.
0: We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done and please do send us some feedback. We're a little low on feedback mainly because I think we've missed a few uh, episodes in our regular schedule, but I think we're going to catch up on that. So if you can send us some emails or voice recordings or call our voice line and give us a audio recording of your feedback that would be great
1: yes and feel free to uh flame me all you want (laughs) just (laughs) (laughs) and if you'd like you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our going links podcast community on community.goinglinks.com
0: until next time thanks for listening
1: 73